So 2 a.m. day two of competition, it's going to be. So we've already done day one, had a rest day, um, did all the recovery, the rest day, like felt really good. wasn't really sore, went to bed, super excited for day two, <laughs> woke up at 2 a.m., just losing it from both ends. <laughs> um, yeah, just throwing up, diarrhea. Like, I don't think I've been that sick ever. This is the Limitless Athlete Podcast. I'm Tom Foxley, founder of Mindset Rx and your host. And I believe that no matter what level of athlete you are, whether you succeed or fail, lies squarely in your ability to think clearly when shit happens. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I respond to it. Today on the Limitless Athlete Podcast, you'll be listening to a conversation between three times CrossFit Games athlete Emily Rolfe and myself. Throughout the episode, Emily discusses her ability to deal with the inevitable unknown aspects of competition and training. This isn't something she was born with, it's something which she has proactively trained. This means that when shit happens, as it inevitably will do in both training and in life, Emily has the awareness to note her internal state, the perspective to sort fact from fiction, and the ability to act in her own best interest. It doesn't matter if you're in your first few weeks at the gym and struggling to sort out your nutrition, pushing to find your next level of competition, or you're dealing with stress at work. You need to develop this ability to roll with the punches that life will throw at you. Alongside this, Emily and I discuss how she dealt with the lowest moment in her CrossFit career, the seemingly impossible act of balancing a full-time career as a radiographer with competing as an elite athlete, how to find the opportunity where others only see problems and struggling with a sense of belonging at higher levels of competition. Alongside this episode, we'll also be releasing a partner episode, The Debrief, where Mindset RX head coach Rachel and myself help you apply the lessons within this podcast to your training and your wider life. We'll also be pulling out the key ideas that you may have missed and discussing how you can use this conversation and the wisdom within it to train your mindset and become a limitless athlete. Now, back to the show with Emily Rolfe. I think a nice way to start is take me to it's 2 a.m. I think on Friday morning at the games this year. Um, what's happening? Set the scene for me. Yeah, so 2 a.m. day two of competition it's going to be. So we've already done day one, had a rest day, um, did all the recovery the rest day, like felt really good, wasn't really sore, went to bed, super excited for day two, <laughs> woke up at 2 a.m., just losing it from both ends. <laughs> um, yeah, just throwing up, diarrhea. Like, I don't think I've been that sick ever. <laughs> and it's probably the worst day. <laughs> mm -hmm. How was the comp going for you up until that point? Um, good. I was, I think I was sitting in 11th going into that day. So I was thinking, okay, break the top 10 and then hopefully just stay around there the weekend and see what I can do. But um, yeah, then it became a whole new challenge as soon as that started. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And did you have like, I hesitate to use the word expectations, but intentions, hopes, aspirations, particular goals for this games. Um, yeah. Like I say, I wanted to be in the top 10. Yeah. That, that was, was my main goal. Okay. Sweet. So when you, when it was 2am and losing it from both ends, what's going through your mind? <sighs> Everything. Um, uh, well, you know, the, the cut system, how it works, you can't just, sit out a day and be like, well, I'm sick today. Like I'll come tomorrow though. And just maybe hopefully win a few events. And, um, yeah, if you don't compete, you're cut. So you're done. So I knew <laughs> either I figure it out or <laughs> my games are going to be over. Yeah. That must be 
um a challenge to have that in your mind like you worked a whole year like you and not to mention the years and years and years before that um yeah that it must feel like there's a lot on the line yeah you know I wasn't thinking about good thing or else I probably would have started crying (laughs) I wasn't thinking about like I've worked all year for this like Mm -hmm. I was just more like focused on I want to be able to compete um I wasn't thinking the sacrifices I'd made and how hard I'd worked and I think I was just like the main, like, I want to be able to go out there and do it. And right now I can't even sit up without feeling nauseous. So the thing I had on my side was a little bit of time, I guess. I mean, it's only 2 a.m. I didn't have to compete till like 10. So I was like, maybe some miracle can happen in these hours. So, so you've obviously prepared like we're going to get into this a lot you've prepared a lot for this kind of experience or for like what goes wrong what impressed me straight away is like okay you're focusing on the controllables like what can I do whereas I think people who haven't trained their mentality haven't trained their mindset come in with this perspective of like oh shit this is all out of my control and go to like my line of questioning there which is like I've worked so hard for this like I've, I've put so much into this and like I'm not saying there wasn't any of that or there wasn't like doubt in there, but like you're, you're straight into the control, the controllable factor. Yeah. You know, I think you say I've prepared for it. Yeah. I've prepared mentally. Um, didn't specifically prepare. Okay. Like if you get sick, this is what you do. Like when do you ever think that's going to happen at a competition? Right. But I guess when you prepare for all these unknowable things that are going to happen, um, that's, that's one of them. Um, so yeah, and you, you really can't control, um, getting sick or getting the flu, right? Like if your body's throwing up something, you're like, that's what's happening. And you can't just stop that. You know, if you're mentally strong, you just can't be like, oh, like I'm not sick anymore. Like I was sick. (laughs) So what tools did you implement? What, what strategies did you use or what was your, what was your line of thinking in that, in that moment? I think just, um, I would say, okay, 9am comes around and my coach says, okay, well, let's just like get out of bed, try to get dressed and get to the venue for the athlete brief. So I think, so that was my first goal, like just get dressed, brush my teeth, get in the car and then kind of like small goals. Okay. Once I'm in the car, I can lie down. (laughs) And so I kind of lit, lied down, um, hugging the ice bucket, the hotel ice bucket, the puke bucket, like slumped against the, against the window. Um, just make it there. You know, once I made it there, okay, just sit through the athlete brief. Um, don't throw up. (laughs) Um, once I made that, I was like, okay, now I have, you, we usually have an hour or so after the athlete brief to kind of warm up. And, um, luckily the guys were first that day. So I had an extra 45 minutes, maybe, um, so I just kind of lied down there and, um, you know, one thing at a time. And, I, um, it was the, at that point, my mental coach, Brett, uh, messaged me and he said, um, remember Michael Jordan. I don't know if you've read Tim Grover relentless, um, but Michael Jordan who gets sick the night before one of his biggest games, I think somebody food poisoned him. I think that's what they say in the book, but um, it's a suspicion, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's, a, you're right. Yeah. So sick as a dog, um, sounds like he was sick. Like I was just losing everything and gets up the next day and plays one of his best games. So he's like, you can do it. If he's done it, you can do it. Like, so I was like, okay, well, I don't have an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. It's nice having your excuses kind of taken away from you, like, cause you can rely on that as a crutch and like the, the, the difference is often choosing the difficult path or the meaningful path or the easy path. And like, it's obviously not easy to take the difficult path and to say, actually, there's no excuse. There's no um, reason for me to, um, to not commit hundred percent to this. Um, mm-hmm. What was, what shifted in your mentality at that point when it's like, I have no excuses. I would say that text from my coach that really hit home because it's so easy to be like, well, I'm sick. Well, yeah, you like you physically are. You can't be like, oh, like I feel sick today, but it's fine. Like your body's physically sick. Like it's telling you something. Um, so that's even harder because you know you can't 
you can't lie about it and be like, it's fine. Like I'm fine. Like, you know, you're not fine. Um, but yeah, I think that text reading that I was like, okay, well, like there must be a way to, to do it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Again, like that ability is just that there's going to be a way I'm going to find something. What happened in that, those, those moments after like you warming up, you get that text and then walking out on the floor or I can't remember where the first, um, the first event of the, the day was, but what happened as you, as you progress through that? Yeah, it was, a, it was outside event. It was, um, rope climbs, ski organ, sandbag yeah. carry. Um, and I was really excited for that event cause I thought I could do quite well. So, you know, you can look at it both ways. You could be like, Oh, I kind of missed an opportunity there. Cause I was just kind of getting through it. Um, finished, I think just under mid pack. And I think I could have been what top five or something, but on the other hand, you could look at it. Well, what if it was a really hard event for you? And then maybe you wouldn't have got through it. Like who knows? So, um, yeah, I think just deciding that I'm going to do it. I remember kind of getting up and, um, doing some leg kicks. I tried to ski a bit. I got really dizzy and nauseous again. So I kind of sat down, um, but I kind of just trusted my ability and didn't warm up much because I had no energy. Um, but I kind of just knew that I, once I decided I was going to do it, I was going to do it. And there was no like, but I'm going to get on the field and sit down. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then was this in your mind as you're going through the event or was it something that you were consciously managing or was it something that you tried to push aside for that and just focus on strategy? Um, I'm trying to think of what I was thinking in the event. You know what? I was pretty into the event. I remember the girl next to me was um, going at kind of the same speed. So I was just kind of, um, shake her or keep up to her on the rope climbs. And, um, yeah, I was pretty mentally invested in what I was doing at that point. Um, but yeah, I just remember telling myself, like, just get through this is 13 minutes. Like how cool would that be if I could do it, get through today and then, um, win an event tomorrow because I knew Saturday there was a really good event for me that I possibly could win. So I was like, I just got to get through this so I can do tomorrow. <laughs> and then how did this bleed into the rest of the games? I think just getting through that day was like probably the biggest milestone that I knew I was going to have to go through at the games. And um, yeah, I think once I made it through the day, I think there was four events after that event. Yeah, it was <laughs> so a big it was, day. It was, it was a big day. Um, I think, yeah, I don't want to say I felt invincible, but I kind of felt similar because I was like, oh, if I, if I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. What was the, like, was there a lesson you learned from this? Is there like something you'd go, okay, I'm going to remember that for the future. Is there like a, yeah, maybe not a lesson, but like something you're taking away from this? I think just, um, you can push your body way more than you think <laughs> yeah. like your physical boundaries are here but like mentally it's like if you can be strong there you can you can do anything really yeah you, you prove that pretty effectively there the other story i've got and I've, I've got nothing about this whatsoever but doing my research my, my sneaky research here is about broken foot when you're younger that's all i know Oh, when I was in gymnastics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I competed on a broken foot. I must have a really good pain tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> so that was another, like, I think it was national. So it was a competition I worked all year to get to finally made it like I'm there. Um, I have this fracture in my foot, um, which I knew about before I'd left. Um, probably not the smartest thing, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're an athlete and you want to compete. Um, yeah, so same thing, um, just super painful, but I real I wanted to compete so bad that I kind of shoved it aside and competed on it. Yeah. And what happened there? Um, I did well, <laughs> um, same thing. Didn't get injured further. I, I had it checked out before I left. Like, um, it was 
it was like a hairline fracture. So more like a stress fracture. Um, yeah, just, a, just a small fracture, you know? Yeah. So yeah. well, more worried that I wasn't going to do further damage. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I guess that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> yeah. How old were you at that point? Um, I was like old. I say old, old for a gymnast. I think I was like 15, 16. Okay. Yeah. And it's the same kind of pattern you see of like, okay, identify the event and like what's controllable in that fact, like what what's the outcome that I want to work towards and still, still working towards that. And I think part of, I think the thing that's so nice about like you as an example of this is you seem to marry both worlds. You work very hard at training your mentality and you also have signals of the upbringing that kind of works towards that and and found that like your mom was a javelin thrower right mm-hmm. yeah. wow you and, did your research oh i did a little bit <laughs> i dug around um yeah like what's it like growing up with a mom who who's uh was it olympics like olympic level or she got selected for the olympics she did make the olympic team the year they bo- boycotted so i think 1980 yeah she <laughs> didn't um, get a <laughs> what's what's it like growing up with your mom as a as an olympic selectee yeah i mean she was an athlete her whole life so she knows that like it can't get away with anything basically um but yeah we were we were super my brother and i super active kids we just did all the sports um growing up and yeah i don't she didn't um like push it on us at all she wasn't like oh i got it to this level like you should do that like never it was kind of like find what sport you love to do and my parents will support you through it yeah and were there any were there any stories that she used to tell like anything that she would like reminisce about in from training or competing or um maybe her experiences like they don't have to be and not anything like worth sharing <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and your dad as well he he competed at a decent level of was it weightlifting and wrestling yeah, like collegiate level yeah weightlifting um, he was a wrestler too okay yeah was it very similar kind of thing there with not pushing like do the sport but more supporting you in your own individual journey yeah so apparently my dad um was less talented than my mom like my mom got to a higher level but my dad was like the hard worker And he just was like relentless. And apparently that's who I take after. (laughs) So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but (laughs) my dad would like push himself to the point of like getting physically sick. I remember he got like mono a few times. Well, I don't remember. I wasn't alive, but he would just like keep go, 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 go. And apparently that's what I'm like. So my parents had to kind of chill me out sometimes. (laughs) Ah, Okay. How did they do that? Or do you remember um, any? Do you remember any times that they they did that? Yeah, I remember. I wanted to go to gymnastics like all the time, um, and they held me back there a little bit at the beginning. I think they just didn't want me to burn out. Um, some of the other girls, by the time they're ten, they're kind of done because yeah. they've been training five hours a day since the time they were like seven, six. So I got held back. I remember all the girls were going four or five days a week. And I, I only went three for a few years um, just because I was doing soccer and other sports. But at the time, that's all I wanted to do. But they were kind of like, well, you're eight years old. Like we want you to do other sports. Um, but then later on, I, that was like my decision and that's what I chose. So. Yeah. What was, what was training for gymnastics like at that, that age? Like you, you said, obviously you, you found value from it. Like you, you, and, I'm guessing it's an enjoyment. Like, what was it that you're enjoying so much? Just like at that age, just it's fun. You're flipping around, you're learning new skills. Like, it's super fun. Um, I don't want to say until you. <laughs> and when you're training five hours a day, like by the end, I was, um, I would only go to school part time and then I would train the rest of the day. It's a lot and you're exhausted and you're always injured. <laughs> um, competing at that level but I had no regrets like the lessons I've learned and what I've done like zero regrets yeah how do you think your um gymnastics career stood you in good stead for this oh huge yeah like everything from like um the work ethic and the determination you have to have um and just like the perseverance to stick with it to learn a skill like 
a CrossFit skill has never taken me long as a gymnastics skill to learn. Like, cause it's just so much more technical in gymnastics, right? Like I've worked on skills for years before I've got them in gymnastics. And then, um, so CrossFit seems easy. It's like, Oh, how long did it take me to learn a muscle up? I don't know, like a week, like <laughs> that was probably the longest skill. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost like you've, um, you've shown yourself like this threshold of like, Oh, okay. This is how work, how hard I can work. This is how patient I can be. This is the complexity that I can hit in the, um, the hard work element, but like if everything else is there and that's like typical exposure therapy, like you go, you incrementally creep up and just like show yourself, actually, you know, I am capable of this. And then everything below that, it seems a little bit easier, even though it's the same task, you just seem Actually, it's not that it seems easier, it's that you feel more capable. And that's the thing you're teaching yourself. Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah. How does, are there any similarities in the way that you train now compared to training for gymnastics? Uh, Well, the hours. (laughs) It's a lot of hours. Um, I think... I don't know. I think, well, it's two different sports, but there are a lot of similarities. Um, like gymnastics, you had four events. I CrossFit's obviously you do more than four things, um, but it's highly variable and there's always like little things you can do like in gymnastics. Okay. I had a foot injury, but I could do conditioning and I could do bars. Um, CrossFit, you have a foot injury. Okay. You can do upper body. You can maybe row you can do the machines like there's a lot of um adaptations that you can do similar mm. yeah you said um sorry jumping around a little bit here but something caught my caught my mental eye um you mentioned that your dad taught you hard work and that perseverance and that grit mm. and tenacity what do you think you got from your mom Ooh, good question didn't get her throwing arm that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I still throw like a girl. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Sports wise. I don't know. Like personal wise, I could give you a list, but sports wise. Personal wise. Just like, um, I think just, um, her, like, her loving, caring, like attitude, like, and her, her humbleness, I think is a big one. Like you'd never know if you talk to her that what she's done athletic, like she would never bring it up. She would. And if you brought it up, she just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like, and then like start a new conversation. Like she's not, she's not one to brag at all. And I think that's, that's a big thing. And my parents definitely keep me very grounded. Um, like, even if I've had success, they, they, like, they're proud of me, but they're very, um, they, they know that, you know, you can come back to the ground very quickly and, um, everyone loves you when you're winning and you're doing well. And, um, yeah, they kind of can see through, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. If, if, if they've experienced that kind of adulation when you're winning, they know that like, that almost like the love's not 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 as important, but the support almost isn't as important. Then it's, it's those times when you're kind of you're at your lower points, which is inevitable with training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and competing, of course. Um, mm-hmm. What going for a deep question? Um, what would be the lowest point of of your uh, let's say CrossFit career? The lowest point, I think, early on. I'd say early on, like 2018, not making regionals. Um, I'd made regionals 2017. I finished, I think, ninth. I was like, okay, gearing for 2018, like maybe I'll crack the top five and make the games. Like um, that was the goal anyways. And then didn't even make regionals that year. (laughs) And it was quite, at the time, it was devastating. Yeah, Um, I can imagine. Yeah, because you feel like, okay, like I finally cracked this kind of group and I'm going up and then you just like don't even make it to. And I think, again, like I equated that gymnastics, I didn't make nationals for like three years. And that was like kind of the, um, the regional, I guess, 
kind of level. And at the time, again, again, that was devastating also. And I remember, I felt like my life was ending, like, and I remember my mom telling me like, this will pass. Like, and of course I didn't believe her. And then a month later I'm okay. And um, yeah, I kind of remembered that original. I was like, this will pass. Like I'll be better in a bit. And yeah, you get over it. It makes you stronger. Yeah. It's hard, right? When you've kind of, I'd say constructed your whole, but a lot of your identity resides around like, okay, this is who I am. And a lot of your self-worth at that point is coming from not only like I am this, I'm, I'm this kind of athlete who has done this, but also I'm this kind of athlete who's going to do this. And this is the prediction, the expectation that I hold. Yeah, that's super hard. And then going back to like what you're going to say, what I learned from my mom is like, um, (laughs) she also reminds me like, that's not your only, like, you're not only, um, Emily, like CrossFit games athlete, like you're a loving daughter, you're a wife, like you have a job, you help people in other ways. Like you're good for other things (laughs) than just CrossFit. So in in my opinion, that that is such a huge thing that she taught you about athletics because it's like, it's the other half, half of it. And we all see people who overemphasize one half of their life without the balance of another, um, mm-hmm. like the, the businessman whose health is atrocious and in the opposite way, the, the CrossFit box owner whose business is atrocious, but his fitness is, is fantastic. And you see that kind of imbalance. So being able to balance it out, it's, it's a really cool yin yang almost of, of maternal and paternal care. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's cool. And it's, it's hard because you only want to do what you're good at, obviously. Right. And if you're thriving in one area, like that's what you want to do and that's what you want to do more. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So taking me back to those, um, the, the fact that you didn't meet regionals that year, what you obviously said it was devastating. What did you change as a result of that? Uh, my training <laughs> changed coach changed my training. Basically. I think I moved to a different gym around that time too. Yeah. Did How was that decision? Like there's so many people that I, that we work with or that we coach or people that I just, I just know and like and friends with who have a disappointing performance. And then they're like, Oh, I don't know whether to change coach. And it, was, it's, it happens with lots of things like changing gym, even changing supplements it feels like this kind of and I'm, I'm i'm sacrificing something i'm risking something how did you justify that risk yeah you know it was hard like leaving what you're comfortable and your friends i was really worried about my friends are at this gym um yeah of course it's yeah it's but i was lucky that that scenario was kind of a long time coming um there was a lot of things going on at the gym that people were leaving, people were moving. And so it was kind of perfect that it went hand in hand with, um, and I also was a little bit outgrowing the coach that I had. And so I, the writing was a little bit on the wall anyways. So that made it a ton easier to move. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it is. It's just interesting. You phrased that as it was lucky. Like it was, it was like a positive thing that happened to you. Like lots of people would say, okay, that's the, the shit. Oh thing yeah. Like looking back, it's the, yeah. it's the best thing. I don't think had I not um, done that and switched coaches, like I don't think I would have made the games for sure. The first mm. time. Yeah. Like, and that's the kind of, because it's equally as true. This is the thing about mindset. That I find so fascinating. Like, you're not trying to find a rose tinted view of the world. Like you're trying to find a more true reflection of the world. And often when we're like, oh, I can't do anything. This is like crap, poor me. That's not a true reflection of the world. Like, yeah, something shit's happened. Like you've had a bad break, but like you can still act appropriately. You can still make a decision. And like, even if you went too far the other way into like rose tinted world, like you wouldn't be act. You'd be like, oh, everything will be fine. Like I'll, I'll do whatever. And I'd... so like to have that yeah. perspective is, is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, my mental coach says, he does say that he says like, I'm never going to lie to you. Like, I'm not going to tell you there's no weeds on the ground and you look down and there there's weeds on the ground. Like he's like, I'm not going to try to try to lie to you, but, um, you have to look at the facts and you look at them as they are and not worse than they are. And then you deal with it. Yeah. Which you did 
in terms of competing with a broken foot and also getting E. coli hill or whatever the disruption was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something practical and it's something that you've had reinforced through, I think, your upbringing and also through um, the hard work that you put in. Mm-hmm. When did you decide to work with Brett? Um, when I made the games in 2019 the first time, randomly like met him. Um, just total random. Like my husband was shopping at a store that's not even CrossFit and Brett was wearing like CrossFit shirt. And then Kyle was like, Oh, you do CrossFit. And then they just got started talking and, um, Brett kind of told him what he did and I wasn't there, but Kyle told me and I was kind of like, mm. <laughs> I was very, I don't want to say cynical, but I was very like, eh, I don't really need that. Like, you know, if I train my body, like, I don't really need to like, I'm, I, I'm a pretty strong mental person. Um, I think I'm pretty strong mentally, like already, but, um, not nearly as I had like now with working with Brett, but at the time I was kind of like, Oh, it's a bit hocus pocus. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I agreed to meet with him and then we just did some exercise. Like the first, um, time I met he just did some like mind game kind of exercises and just the ones that kind of make you oh like I thought this and I thought that and then it, like I kind of started to think and I was like well maybe like why not try why not why would you say no to something that might make you better so, so. yeah what was the driver there like what was the thing that you you hope to get better (laughs) Um, I think just to use my full potential because like if I'm if I'm a 10 out of 10 athletically going into the games I feel totally ready but mentally you're a seven like you're not going to do you're not going to do as well as you want like why I'm working so hard in the gym and physically like why would I let that go to waste um if I'm not up par with my mental also. Did you feel like you weren't giving a hundred percent of your physical capacity at the time, or is it kind of a, I just want to make sure all bases are covered. No, I felt like I was giving a hundred percent physically for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. But yeah. Okay. And then what was that decision? Like, obviously there's, because we, we speak to a lot of people obviously who are in that position. It's like, okay, I don't know where to commit to a mindset coach. Like, is it really worth it? Um, you justified it with like, okay, I'm going to see just how far I can go. What was that decision process like along the way? It wasn't like a big, hard, Oh, I got to think long and hard about it. Um, like I say, like after that first meeting, I kind of realized maybe he can help me a little bit. Maybe he's got, some like things that can help. And again, I'm just thinking, well, it's like, why would you train super hard at the gym and then come home and eat McDonald's all the time? Like you're, you know, so like, why not work on, no, you're going to eat well because that's going to fuel your training and help you get better. So you know, if you have an awful mindset, which I didn't think I had an awful mindset, but nobody's perfect. Like I'd never had mental training before. So I was like, I'm sure there's a ton that I can get better on. Yeah. I'd say that you've never had mental, um, conscious mental training before, but I think there's been things that have led up to create subconscious beliefs and subconscious patterns, which are like really serving. Yeah. I think now that you've like brought it, made it, brought it out of me, (laughs) like about my past. Yeah. I can kind of see maybe. Yeah, it's it again. It's like that that pattern of the two of them working together, like that that symbiosis of like proper environment and proper fortitude and hard work on your own part have really come together. It's, it's like that's again why I got you on the show. Um, what was that like? So working with Brett, what does that look like? So that when I first started working with him, we had five weeks until the games. Like it was quick. Yeah, that's quick. <laughs> Yeah. To change or to, to help modify a lifetime's worth of beliefs. Like that's, that's but intense. Yeah. He would, yeah. And he said the same thing here. I'm like, Oh, five weeks is tons of time. What are you on about? Like, yeah. but he was like, this is nothing um, yeah. as a mental coach, I guess. Um, so leading up to there, I was seeing him 
probably like at least three times a week. Um, and he was checking in, like I was, I would probably talk to him every day. Um, we do things. He had me do exercises like homework. He would give me stuff to do at work when I was working night shifts, um, when it was really slow, like Mm -hmm. I did a lot of stuff, um, leading up to the games. And then even the next kind of year, I guess it's been over two years now. Um, now I see him about once a week, Mm -hmm. um, unless we're leading up to again, like the games or something Then I see him a lot more, but I'm a little more, um, spread my wings now. (laughs) Don't what you mean by that? Oh, Just like self-sufficient. Sorry. Like kind of self-sufficient. Yeah. More than, you know, I think at the beginning when you work with a mental coach, you need, you're like a baby, like you need <laughs> constant monitoring. Now um, I've learned so much and I'm, I'm a little bit more like if I got myself in a bit of a pickle two years ago, I would need to call Brett and be like, okay, I'm freaking out what do I do? Like they they announced the games, they were going to cut to half in 2019 after the first event. Mm. Well, I heard that I panicked. I freaked out. Like this year I hear about the cuts. I can deal with it. Cause I'm like, okay, well this and this and this and this. And you know, like I, and I'll talk to him still, but I can deal with a lot of things first before I go into straight panic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you've got there is awareness and I, I, probably something you've worked on with him. I'm, I'm going to assume. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast of yours or maybe reading an interview a while back and it said, you said something like you worked on documenting your thoughts. Is this a like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So that was one of the first things he made me do and I hated it. I absolutely hated it because yeah. he's like, write everything down that comes in your head. Well, you don't realize how many things just come in your head and then whoop, and then they're gone. Um, and negative things too, like, Oh, that girl's so good at this and she's going to beat me in that. And like, just like random things that <laughs> you really don't realize it until you have to write them down. Um, and yeah, that was a big eye opener and I had to do that a lot. <laughs> what did you yeah, learn through that process? Sorry. What did you learn through that process? Um, that was kind of step one of one of the exercises and then we'd kind of go through it and then I would learn, um, how to like deal with these thoughts as soon as they came in and like, or else you're going down the trajectory, you know, but then I kind of learned as soon as I, Oh, like I notice it and like snap back to where I meant to be, Uh, especially in training. It's really important or else your session will go to poop. Yeah. It's almost like um, with a strength conditioning program where like or someone, people want to dive straight in. They want to like, okay, what are my percentages? And it's like, well, if you don't know your one RMs now, like what, what percentage should you go from? If you don't know your current position, if you don't know how, where you are and your mental patterns, like how are you going to create change? What are you going to change from? So like, I find that every successful athlete in this like starts with, okay, I'm going to test my mindset. I'm going to see where I am right now. I'm going to see like, okay, what's going through my mind. And, you often find it is a lot of like comparison or negativity or doubt or fear or like all these kind of things. And mm-hmm. do you still go through a conscious process of documenting your thoughts or is this something that you kind of do because you're more aware of it now? I'm definitely more aware of it now. I, I don't write them down anymore unless he makes me do it. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of a basic kind of first exercise that I had to do and um yeah now I can kind of deal with deal with it yeah because you practiced that's sweet um and she's like I've got a note here as well a little quote that you said something like um one of the things you learned is that if you believe you don't belong you won't belong something like that um was that something yeah, it's a really oh. good one. Like, what well on, you get a free high five for that. Oh, yeah. Um, belonging and like feeling like you're good enough to be somewhere, like at the next stage of competition, for example, or even signing up to a box for the first time is like a yeah. huge thing that gets in in people's in people's way. So if, is this something that you've personally struggled with? I think um I really did at the beginning, especially when you just made the games the first time and you're like, well, like I'm going to be competing with 
those girls like Katrin, I just, I read her book. Like I looked up to her, you know, she was the queen kind of thing. And now she's going to be beside me. Like, are you sure? Like, um, so I think a lot of girls, especially like when you first make your first game, you're like kind of deer in headlights, starstruck. Um, and how can you not really like, those are the girls you, you watch on TV and then now you're there. Like, um, so I think that was one of the main things we really worked on leading up to my first games. And even after that, um, like I, I think I finished 18th, like I had a decent showing, um, but you're still kind of like, Oh, maybe that was just, I got lucky or, you know, and then, um, yeah. So I think even leading up to Dubai that winter, which was, there was quite a good caliber of athletes there. I think I was still like, are you sure? Like I'm at this level. Um, yeah. So I think that's something we've really worked through. Brett would probably bang his head against the wall. If you ask him like <laughs> that, but yeah. Do you remember how you worked through it? Or is it like something that you've kind of been talking about or is it like, like, cause what I'm trying to get at is like, how did you, prove that you do belong there to, to your subconscious yeah many many things um not something that i can just say oh i just did this and that's mm-hmm. what i did like yeah. many exercises many sessions um yeah <laughs> yeah the, lots of time lots of work yeah i think that's the the key here like you can't change the decade a lifetime's worth of unconscious patterning in a few hours no it, ta- it, takes, it takes work yeah it takes work and um, when i was speaking to brett as well like or sending him an email um i asked him for like what you do exceptionally well and he said you you maintain conscious control and to dig into that i think the thing like what what he was ex- expanding on or what he did go on to expand is like this ability to keep this fire whilst being in conscious control whilst being aware of where you are right now and this is something that a lot of athletes struggle with they think that or if i start working on my mindset i'll become a zen monk and i won't be able to find that fire (laughs) that grit that kind of that aggression that is really useful um but also if you go too far the other way i'm sure you've had events where you've been like mentally fired up so yeah i want to smash this and then you just crush yourself and you can't maintain it oh yeah i've got 5k left to run (laughs) i can't i can't keep this up and i think i kind of thought that too like i'm not really into the meditation kind of you know but that's the furthest thing from what I've, from working with him, like he's done the opposite for me. Like um, I've kind of learned how to get like, kind of be calm on the outside and um, inside be like ready to crush, um, which is really cool. Cause that's what you want when you're competing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you're right. I, there's a couple of times, I mean, and that's just adrenaline too. You have to learn how to control it, but the, the event at the games with the hay bale, um, sandbag throw over hay bale. I was just so amped that the the first burpee over the sandbag, I just threw myself over. There's actually a photo of me just like falling over and I don't know. Yeah. I was just so psyched and I just put way too much energy into (laughs) So like small things like that, like you learn. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's that awareness I think you've cultivated that helps you go, Oh, okay. Cause some people might've got like four or five reps into that and just be like, oh shit, I'm crushing it. Like I'm excited. Whereas you had that, ah, okay. Probably not great to vault this and just. Yeah. That and um, like the opposite too. I remember the first event of the games in 2019, I failed the legless rope um, in like the second or third round. I think three times I came within like a couple feet of the top and failed three times in a row. And you know, rope climbs are like, kind of like handstand pushups. Like once they go, <laughs> you're in a bad place. And, um, that was a huge, it would, would have been very easy to kind of panic and, um, not give up, but kind of be like, well, I'm screwed. Like now my forearms are shot. I've just done waste some energy. I've done three rope climbs. Like, what am I going to do? And I think I was very, um, smart mentally and disciplined that I remember looking at the clock and being like, okay, like I've got two minutes left. I need to rest till 1:40, and, and then go and get it done and not, um, 
And yeah, if you, if you panic and freak out, like you're done and it's very hard on an event like that, where your body is kind of failing you. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And um, it's actually one place you see numerous kind of, or frequent challenges mentally, like with a rope hanging in front of you. It's like for some reason with a heavy barbell, we're pretty all right at going like, okay, I'm going to take a step back. And like, maybe because that's what weightlifting training is. It's like, okay, I'm going to take three minutes and then go back to it. But like, there's something about rope dangling in front of you. It's like intimidating. It's like, you've got to get to the top, and especially when you get so close um, to getting up there. What did you tell yourself in that moment? I remember. Yeah, I know it's like, <laughs> yeah, thinking two years. What was every thought two years ago? <laughs> I remember the first thought I was like oh no like is this going to be it like my parents have come all this way and I'm going to be cut after this event um so Brett will slap me for that because that that would not help um but yeah so like that comes in your head and you you got to get rid of it and replace it with something that's going to help you or else you're spiraling down real quick cool yeah that's that's awesome and whilst we're on the subject like how do you do you like analyze a workout and see okay this is going to require more of this mentality or more of this mentality or is it a kind of fairly consistent state that you're trying to find or or realize for each event um kind of both you know if it's a 10 round event you kind of know okay round six seven eight that's when it's going to hurt and that's when you're going to want to let up and quit and Mm -hmm. I think it kind of helps like you know that's coming and like there's no you can't sugarcoat that like you know that's what's going to happen um yeah so I think if you're prepared for it and you know like it's going to hit you then you can be more well equipped for when it does would you say that your mentality is different or does it feel different to be you when you're doing I don't know, a rock run or swimming with fins on for, was it a mile compared to, okay, this is um, like the, the final, actually, yeah, compared to a sprint event. The what sprint event? Uh, to any sprint event, to maybe the 400 meter run or, or something like that. And what does was the f- question? Does it feel different mentally? Does it like, do you kind of modulate how you feel? Um, yeah, I think the long events you can kind of coach yourself mentally through it when you're doing it. I remember the rock run just like, yeah, telling myself a lot of things, but in, in a sprint event like that, you kind of got to get yourself in the zone before you go. And then three, two, one, go. And you just go. Cause it's a minute, like it's so quick. But when you have 30 minutes of running, <laughs> there's a lot that can go on in your head during that time. Yeah. You've also got, yeah, you got more time to, screw up mentally and also more time to coach yourself mentally like you said you've got more opportunities to make advances if you are stronger mentally yeah and that's the part that i said right that's what i think of I, oh you have more ch- like i didn't even enter my mind that you have more time to screw up mentally like mm-hmm. i'm just totally thinking no you have like so much time to like yeah. <laughs> tell yourself things that you need to you need to yeah. do exactly that's awesome um to switch tack completely um you're a radiographer right yeah sweet how did you get into that um i knew i wanted to work in the health industry i thought about med i kind of wanted to go that route but um at that time i was still doing gymnastics like super heavily in university and that was my priority at the time so um school is like i did my bachelor of science and then um yeah, I was kind of thinking med or physio or pharmacy. I did, I went, I shadowed a bit of pharmacy. Mm, not really enough interaction for me. <laughs> so I kind of, this was kind of my plan C and um, yeah. yeah. I ended yeah. up moving to Vancouver and going to school and here we are. Yeah, it's, again, it seems interesting because lots of people use it as, actually, what would you say to those people who say, I can't get to my next level of performance because I work X numbers of hours, X number of hours? Yeah, see, again, there's a way to like, you know, I'd be lying if I said that doesn't enter my head sometimes. Like, oh, maybe I should postpone work for a few years and just go full-time athlete and see what I can do. Um, and I've thought about it. But 
you know, I think I, it gives me so many benefits to work also. Like I'm the type of person, like we were talking about, like my dad, like I will overtrain. If I have more time, I will keep training. I will do more training. I will, if I'm sitting at home and I'm not working, well, I might as well train, like, you know? Um, so I think it keeps me from overtraining. It, it kind of gives me a mental break for sure. Cause I'm like, when you're always at the gym and you're always, everything's CrossFit, like going to work and doing something totally different, like that's refreshing. Um, so to me, I think it, I think it's a good balance for now anyways. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd say it also gives you an extra advantage, which it, it allows you to develop other elements of your potential that you wouldn't get through purely CrossFit. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And my time management, like it's impeccable. Yeah. It has to be. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, and I'm a lot more like if I, you know, if you have more time, you waste more time. And if I have an hour to do my strength session in the morning, because I have to go to work, like I'm doing it. The rest periods are to the T, like I'm not talking to anyone, like I'm just getting it done. Whereas, you know, the days off, I could spend as long as I want. And it takes me double as long because, you know, you're on your phone in between and like, you're just like, yeah, it's good. It keeps me regimented yeah there's this thing parkinson's law a task expands to the amount of time you allot it and it's like it's the same thing with your homework it's like if if someone gave you homework like and you've got four weeks to do it it's like oh i'm gonna do that the night before um yeah so like tendency to procrastinate right yeah exactly so you're imposing those limits i'm assuming this is what you meant i I read somewhere as well that you said something like um the your work is the most challenging element of your training i'm assuming it's the the timing or is there something different yeah the timing like energy yeah getting my training done um around work i i mean i'd be lying if i said training wasn't my priority it is Mm. over work (laughs) um but you know i can't not go to work like i still gotta plan my day around work because i have to show up (laughs) um so yeah just the timing and there's the nights like i said i'm on leads this week so you know I'm tired and I want to go home and go to bed (laughs) and I still have two hours that I have to stay like those times. I'm like, Oh, like maybe it'd be nice not to work, but on the whole, I think it's good for me to do both. Of course. And something that lots of people don't consider like a mindset tool is simply managing time. Are there any tools that you use or any processes that you go through to like, make sure that you are punctual with things that you like your impeccable time management? Yeah, I think just um, planning ahead. So if you have all your food done, all your meals done, like that's a huge, because I get stressed out if I don't have my food ready. And um, I think that's a huge thing if I have all that ready to go. And then even on my busy days, sometimes I literally plan it out. I'll be like, okay, from eight to 10, I'm training. 10 to 10, 15, I eat breakfast. 10, 15 to 10, 30, I drive to the gym. Like, and then you know, training again from two to four. And then I work at four 30, like drive to work. Like if you have it down to like, you can't, you can't fail that because you look at the time. Oh, 10, 15. Okay. Now I have to do this. Like, it seems very simple, but yeah. I find that helps if I, it just makes you so efficient. It's like, hmm. yeah, you're actually doing what you should be you doing. And also yeah, you're basically setting deadlines that you have yeah. to yeah. be, uh, you have to make work. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like a like an AMRAP or any actually even for a time one. Like you just go, okay, right, this is happening at this time. When it gets to two minutes, this is how I'm changing tactics. When I finish this rep, this is this is how I'm moving on. That kind of consistent moving forwards mentality. Exactly. When has this become the most challenging to like create that balance? Um, I think well, working night shifts is hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part I don't like. Um And I think training, like games training, um, that was tough this year because sometimes like I have two, like three sessions a day. I'm like, okay, well, I work at 4.30, so I need to finish three sessions by four so I can shower and drive to work. Like a couple of those days were like, how am I going to do this? (laughs) Um, But I did. (laughs) Yeah, like, because again, like some, yeah, was there any, were there any thoughts that would pop up there that you would go, okay, I've noted that that's not helpful. Yeah. Just like that. 
man, like I wish I could spread those three sessions out more. And then I could just like sit on my couch and, um, hypervolt my legs for the rest of the night. Like, or just thinking about what your competitors are doing. Um, and then what I you- even have some, some of the doctors I work with, they try to, they're like, Oh, your competitors aren't working right now. And they're just, they try to like get me to like break. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, you know, I like, I just have to think, you know, like, this is what's working for me. And not everyone thrives off um, being full-time athlete too. Like a lot of people have quit their jobs and done way worse. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's not necessarily just a free ticket to doing better in your sport if you quit your job either. Yeah. If anything, there's almost like more pressure on you if you do that. Cause it's like, oh, this is all I do now. This is just me. I think that's another thing too. Like, um, cause you know, Pat Vellner, he works too, he, two, two days a week, two days a week, but he doesn't need to work. Um, but I think he's the same as me. Like he enjoys something outside, outside of the sport and something totally different and a different clientele you're hanging out with. And, you know, he said the same thing to me. He's like, you're under so much pressure to win money or to do well, if that's all. But he's like, if you have this job that you can, um, basically make some money, um, then you can compete just for the love of it. And for, because you enjoy it, not because you have to make a living. And, and then what if you get injured? You're also screwed. Like, when injuries are so prevalent in our sport like um yeah exactly yeah it's it's not like you're in the nba and you're like and you're earning like no, i'm not gonna get a billion dollars around yeah yeah no. yeah exactly so it's like it, it makes sense and i think there's also something very beneficial to humans about having structure it's just like okay this is my routine this is the thing that i go through because otherwise like you're just like oh, i could do anything like I, I, yeah. I can just be anything today that i want to be as long as i do these three training sessions and they probably blend into each other it's um yeah, it makes things a bit more challenging. And, yeah but you know like the last week i've been starting to train again but only like once a day a couple hours like nothing compared to games training but i'm like i sleep in i have my coffee like that's all i get done and then i go to work and i'm like how how did i fit all this other stuff plus like house chores like how it's like the more time you like like you said the more time you have the more and then I'm then you I just can't fathom how you know I did work and everything all else like (laughs) it's exactly that it's exactly that um I've got a few more questions that I want to touch on before I let you get on with your day. Um, it's your rigorously scheduled day. Um, (laughs) so like you've been described by one of the people that I um I spoke to as one of the happiest people that they know. What like a lot of people use like ambition as a as an excuse to sacrifice their mental health. Like, what do you think about that? What do you mean they use ambition? So it's like, I'm going to, if I feel, if I feel shit and I feel awful the whole time and I'm grumpy and I'm miserable and I don't feel happy, that's okay because I'm achieving this or I'm pursuing this. Oh, I see. Huh. (laughs) I'm not sure I've met someone like that, (laughs) but I don't think that's ever okay. Um, and it's just like, you don't have to be like that. Like you can still be very focused and stay true to your goals and like work your ass off and you can still be a decent human too. (laughs) Like you're not taking energy away from that to make yourself better. Like, I think we can agree with that. I think everyone can agree with that. Yeah. Like it, it can sometimes be like this. Oh, I've got a got a hustle and grind, and that grind feels awful every day. But I think that just shows that values aren't aligned, or you're doing something that's not quite yeah. right for you. And I think that can be confused with like, yeah, I have to make some sacrifices. You know, my friends are all going out; um, they're going to stay out late, and you know, I've got work and training the next morning, starting early. You know, maybe I'm not going to go out with them this time. Um, but I think that's that's a little bit different. What's been the highlight of your CrossFit career? Probably like winning an event at the games. Cool. What event 
like would you would you pick as like that's the the one I mean the rock was like my first my first games my first event win so that's like that's special um in itself and then this this last one was like so special because of what I'd gone through the day before yeah like because of all the things that I had to jump through to even get there and win that event was like yeah that was pretty cool so feeling like yeah well what was it like or what did it feel like going into that event um I was nervous I think you're you can agree like you're always I feel more nervous on events that I know I can do well on I don't know I lose yeah it's just more pressure I think because you're like okay well it's mine Mm -hmm. to lose (laughs) um yeah so I I think I was nervous but I was just so I want to say relieved because I was like quite aggressive but I was so thankful that I felt okay (laughs) and I wasn't feeling like yesterday like the day before yeah and what like what does it feel like to be I'm trying to get as many people's perspective on this as possible because I think there's some like home truths about that that flow state what we call free nature at MindsRx but like flow state the peak performance that kind of feeling like what does that feel like for you when you're in an event like that when you can feel yourself accelerating beyond the pack or you can feel yourself kind of like hitting that that stride what does that feel like mentally um I mean I played a lot of mental games with myself throughout that workout um even like you have to kind of know your competitors and know like when we were running around the back of the stadium and there was crowds of people like leaning over the fence, I noticed a lot of the girls would speed up through that area because you kind of get hyped because everyone's cheering for you. And um, yeah, the pack kind of always sped up through that area. And so I knew, okay, well, as soon as we pass the crowd and it's quiet and we're around the back and no one's there, that's when everyone's going to slow down. Um, And it was coincidentally, that was where you kind of turned a corner and there was a tiny little incline of a hill and the wind would hit you there too. So I was like, boom, like this is my spot. This is where everyone's going to mentally kind of break. And that's where I'm going to fire it because, you know, if you see when it gets hard and you see someone blow past you on that area, you're like, oh shoot, like she's, you kind of already give up. You see her go by and you're like, oh, well, like she's gone. So it's kind of there's a way you can play like mental games on other people too, (laughs) which is perfect for a long event. I mean, you can't do it in a, in a sprint, but something that's long and that has laps and it happens what six times or however many laps we did. Yeah. The obstacle is the way, right? Like this, to some, it's like an obstacle or something, it's something that gets in the way. And then like for anyone who's prepared for it, it's the opportunity. Like that is your chance to like, cause you know how everyone else is going to be feeling. It's like, I know I've got this this is this is me it's exciting it's, it's good to to get to that point um, yeah and inside yeah it's hard you're dying it's not like you have a burst of energy but like mentally you've won people over already and- yeah yeah lance armstrong used to use a similar tactic and like everyone used to grind in the tour de france used to grind out these massive big gears really slow and they'd be like showing like this grit and the pain there's all these photos and he would go okay i'm going to light gears and i'm going to keep my face as neutral as possible and cruise past them on the hill and he'd still be working incredibly hard breathing but he's like i'm going to try and nasal breathe i'm just going to try and like like ghost past them almost and that he said that was his point that he knew everyone else was shot because it's just like yeah. okay I'm, I'm i'm in control they don't feel in control and they're letting that on their on their face and in their expression and everyone else knows it exactly same 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 yeah. thing um do you have any daily practices or regular habits that you use to keep your mental place uh, mental state in the best place um yeah i have like a little morning routine that i do yeah can you dig into that not really <laughs> <laughs> cool no worries are there any is there anything that you find useful, for example, journaling, meditation, um, mantras, visualization? Uh, visualization for sure. Yeah. Um, and then going, like I've learned that in my gymnastics, like we would have to visualize your beam routine. Like, yeah. and I remember being injured and you, you do that. You'd sit there with ice after you've done your conditioning and stuff and you'd go through five beam routines in your head. Um, nice. And I remember the year I was the most injured with that foot injury. I, probably did the least amount of numbers physically of beam routines and I stuck every single beam routine I competed in that year and I was like oh 
I guess it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then final question, how do you describe a great mindset? Oh, you should have given me that one to think about. Yeah, I know. I thought, I thought I'd make it really difficult to finish. <laughs> how do you describe it? I don't think you can describe it. You can, I don't know. You can see it, but. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it. it. Yeah, you can feel it for sure. So what does that, like, because there's times when you're not in that state and there's times when you are in that state. Like, what does it feel like when you are in that state? Is it like busy with words? Is it like, is it like emotions? It's kind of like, I don't know, this is a bad equation, but like if you equate it to if you're out at a party and you're kind of like, don't know anyone and you're like, that's kind of bad. And then if you like get some drinks in you and you're like intoxicated and then you feel like very invincible and like, you're going to take on the world. Like it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. One of them's overthinking. One of them's not thinking. One of them's just being that space for awareness. And like, you just say, I'm going to like, whatever my will is, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, exactly. I'm Tom Foxley. Thank you for listening to the Limitless Athlete Podcast. If you want to follow Emily on social media, her Instagram handle is emily underscore rolf19. Following this episode, we'll be releasing the debrief, a summary of the wisdom within this conversation and practical steps to applying it in order to enhance your own mindset. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you can start growing into a Limitless Athlete. If you're on iTunes, five-star review is super helpful too for further mindset training resources and tools head to mindsetrx.com that's mindsetrxd.com or follow us on instagram by searching for at mindsetrx again that's mindsetrxd embrace hardship and training this week and don't forget to tune in next week we'll be talking to adam neifer